Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Happy Saturday and welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is January 9th, just after 10 a.m. here on the East Coast. We're here to break down tonight's NBA slate and uh, hopefully uh, we're able to cash last night. Uh, Unfortunately, I did not have enough Royce O'Neal, Brandon Clark, uh, Diallo. Go down the list of some of these guys that came in last night. And uh, I know uh, anyone who follows my man Adam here on, on Twitter Notice that uh, yeah, he mentioned about maybe if you listened to him a little bit yesterday that one of these guys like that went off big. Uh, he did mention so, Adam. Man, uh, good morning, man. Yeah, how's it going? Uh, Chris Boucher came through last night. Hopefully, for people that watch the show, I ended up personally not having much, which is really pissing me off. Um, but uh, yeah, it was an, an interesting slate. A lot of um, popular plays didn't do well. A lot of random plays, like you were just listing, did really well. So <laughs> you, you tend to get those on those big ten game slates. We got a seven gamer today. Should be a little bit more of the same, probably. I remember I had a lot of Toronto Raptors going in. So as it going to that game, I'm like, okay, let's go Raptors. And uh, I mean, they uh, they balled out last night. I mean, I think, what, 130-ish? 144. Yeah, a cr- crazy number. I mean, it just it seems like we're seeing more of that. And, and the crazy thing about that is they gave up 46 points in the first quarter. Yeah, they didn't, at least from memory, they didn't get off to a great start because I remember looking at my Toronto teams and just being like, oh, great, like my Van Vliet and my Siakam and everything's just not going to show up tonight. Uh, but yeah, they, they came through. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was a good night overall, but of course you had to have some of those value plays to get in there. Of course, we'll get you ready for tonight's NBA slate. Of course, uh, be sure to smash that like button, hit that, uh, that subscribe button, notification bell, so you know when new shows are live here on the channel as we're going to have you covered all day long for the start of today's NFL playoff action. Lawfully Alex and Ben will be coming up next as they'll get into the NFL deeper dive. And at noon, it is NFL Live Before Lock with Greg and Kyle to get you ready for all of tonight's action. It'll be a late night for me as I'll be uh, making my trip over Raymond James Stadium in uh, about uh, four hours or so to, to get ready for tonight's game. So it'll call be a nice bu- long night for call, me. Call that Bucks loss. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You need to calm you need to calm down over there. You need to calm down over there. Okay. No, it's uh it, it's more of where are we going in the second round of the playoffs? <laughs> that's what, that's where my mindset is at. But yeah, looking forward to tonight's uh NFL action. But uh let's get right into it. The opening game of the night is the Hawks and the Hornets. Hornets like I mean that's like what your favorite team, right? The Hornets, yeah, love them. <laughs> I know we have kind of talked about that in the past, but uh, look at some of the salaries here. Uh, Trey, Trey Young over on DK, 9,400. 
Um, over same exact price over on FanDuel, and then your most expensive Hornet, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, uh, pretty good matchup, obviously, going up against Atlanta tonight. Um, Hayward's price has come up, but, well, from last night, it's actually gone down a couple hundred on DraftKings, but in general, it's come up. But in competitive games, you're still getting at least 34, 35 minutes from him. He's one of the team leaders in usage and assists. He still looks like a good option here. Um, He's priced up enough, you know, where it's not necessarily a priority but I think that he, he still looks good um, as far as the guards I mean that's where obviously things tend to get messy because typically you're gonna only have two of Rogier, Graham and Lamello closing um, it is interesting though last night the Hornets um, used their three-guard lineup for a while against New Orleans. That's something that I'm interested to see if they continue doing it going forward. Um, in, in the fourth quarter for several minutes, they had LaMelo, uh, Rogier, and Graham all on the floor together. So that, that's something just to keep an eye on because if they do continue going to that lineup, you'll be able to project a couple more minutes for for all three guards and feel a little bit better about it. Um, as it is right now, though, I, I think that LaMelo is still – interesting in tournaments because the minutes are going to be volatile and his salary is coming up. So he's kind of difficult to trust, but he's so good on a permanent basis. He's averaging like one and a quarter fantasy points per minute this year. If you happen to get that 28 or 30 minute game, he's probably going to um, exceed his salary pretty easily. Of course, the over under number on this game, 228. The Hawks are a five point favorite in this one. Of course, you can go over to odd shopper right there at awesome.com to check out the odds for all of these games tonight. Uh, 228, uh, looking at that, that is the third highest number on this, the fourth highest number uh, on the slate tonight. And, uh, you know, I was going to mention about LaMelo Ball is obviously that price has started to come up. And and he's a guy that I've talked about uh, on these shows of, you know, like to me, he's going to be a boom bust type play based on, you know, whether he's hitting his jumper or not. I mean, obviously he has done well averaging 30 points this year in, in terms of DK and fan duel but he's one of those guys that i mean i still think there's got to be a little buyer beware because you know there's a chance where it might be a two for eight type game so there's two types of volatility in nba dfs and it doesn't really like people tend to like lump them together but you have minutes volatility and then you have like like scoring volatility and and you know that's where you start getting into talking about players being scoring dependent and not having peripherals and stuff like that but Ball is one of these guys where you have both because his minutes are going to range from like 24 to 31 minutes any given game, kind of just depending on how the game goes and how he's playing and how Graham and Rogier are playing. So you have volatility there. And then you also have the volatility in his performance where, you know, he, he does contribute assists and rebounds, which increases his floor. But games where he shoots well, he's going to put up monster games. Games where he doesn't shoot well, he's going to be more, you know, mediocre. So you kind of have those two different uh, ways where he can either do really well or really poorly. And guys like that tend to be the, once the pricing catches up as, as it has started to at ball, they tend to be at these price points where like they're overpriced for their floor, but they're underpriced for their ceiling. And typically on full size slates, it makes it hard to go to those guys in cash games because their median projections a little bit lower than their salary suggests it should be, but they're still appealing in tournaments because that volatility drives their ownership down and they still have the ability to, to so easily outperform their salary in their good games. Uh, a couple of questions we already kind of got or conversation in, in the live chat is actually about Devontae Graham, 5,200 on FanDuel, 5,600 on DK. What, what's your take to, uh, on him in this spot? He's cheap enough that you can go there. Um, he's another one where the minutes are going to be kind of all over the place. He's played 39. He played 39 minutes, two games ago. He played about 37 minutes last night. If you're getting that kind of run from someone at, at his price tag, even though he has about an 18% usage rate this year, 
it, it's just really hard for him to fail at, at that price tag if you're getting that many minutes. But on the other hand, you know, if you go back three, four games ago, um, he, he's been affected by blowouts in those games. But even if you looked at his first half rotation, it was a lot shorter. You had ball stealing minutes from him and he was more on pace to play like 30 minutes. If you get 30 minutes from Graham, he's not that likely to, to exceed his salary. So I do think he's cheap enough that um, he has value here. I would be paying attention pretty closely to projected ownership on him because mm-hmm. if everyone just decides that he's a great value play, then I'd be pretty comfortable staying away in, in larger field tournaments just because he's still got a really low floor, I think. But if if people are going elsewhere, he does still give you that ceiling because while his usage is down, he is leading the team in assist percentage. And, you know, he does clearly have the potential at least to play 36 plus minutes. Uh, let's move over to the Atlanta side of things. I mean, obviously it all starts with Trey Young and what he can do outside of Trey Young. What sticks out to you? So this matchup's um, really interesting because I had mentioned it the last time these two teams played that Charlotte's actually been the best team in the league defending the pick and roll in terms of fewest possessions allowed and in terms of point per possession efficiency. Trey Young leads the league in pick and roll possessions per game. So I was interested to see how it went. I haven't gone back to watch that game. I I probably will uh, watch part of it during the day today to see how they were attacking Young. But I do know he had an absolutely awful game um, the last time that that these two teams played. So not sure if that was the reason why, but it is something to, to keep in mind. Uh, you know, had 16 DraftKings points in 35 minutes, only nine field goal attempts for Young in that game. So it matches up at least with what the you know data said coming in. And what that does, if, if that is something that, that if they're going to limit Young, you're going to see more uh, three-point attempts from the wings, from DeAndre Hunter, from Kevin Herter, uh, from Bogdanovich. Last game, I think it was Kevin Herter had five three-pointers in this matchup. So you know, again, and I said it last time, it's only one data point. Like Trey Young can still just go out there and find a way to have a monster game without without a doubt. But I think it is probably a good idea to maybe bump the usage a little bit and uh, consider guys like Hunter, Herter, and Bogdanovich as having a little bit higher ceiling than they normally would have. Yeah, I mean, just looking at Bogdanovich, uh, you know, over on FanDuel, he's 3,900, but 4,800 on DraftKings. Do you prefer him on one slate over the other? Um, you said he was 39 on FanDuel? Uh, yeah, 39. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good price point uh like he hasn't been very good this year but 3900 for him assuming you're gonna get like 24 25 minutes is a great salary yeah i'm just making sure it copied over what i did when i see yeah no you were right i pulled i pulled it up okay all right i was like i was like okay did i copy it wrong (laughs) yeah no i was just surprised it was that low yeah uh anything else from this game that uh we haven't touched on that you want to hit on um john collins i think i'm pulling up atlanta's last game but he'd been getting he's been getting more center minutes. I'm looking to make sure that that it was the same thing last time these two played. Um, Collins played 32 minutes in that game. Bruno Fernando didn't play off the bench. Nathan Knight played three minutes. So yeah, you should be getting a lot of backup center minutes for Collins. His salary is still pretty affordable at 7,500 on on DraftKings. 6,800 on FanDuel is a great price. So um, I, I do like Collins. I like going back to Capella too. He's just too cheap. Um, especially 6,500 on FanDuel looks like a really good price. We'll move uh, next over to Phoenix and Indiana. Indiana, a three and a half point favorite in this one. The over under number in this game is 215 and a half. Of course, you can always check out these numbers over at oddshopper.osmo.com, uh, part of Odd Shopper. Uh, you know, let's start on the Phoenix side of the equation. I mean, obviously, this is a this is a different team this year, and it's all because of Chris Paul. But Chris Paul is one of these guys of like, I, I 
I go back and forth with him of, of whether I like him daily and just in terms of, of daily fantasy. From a basketball side, obviously, he makes his team so much better. But, uh, you know, from a, a fantasy aspect, sometimes I'm just hit or miss on him. Yeah, it's kind of the same for me because he's not a high usage guy, but he has been great in terms of assists. So it does give him a pretty high floor there. You know, like last night he was disappointing or relatively disappointing for his salary, but he wasn't that far off from having a big game considering, you know, he, he came pretty close to a triple double there, played like 37 minutes. Um, uh, you know, typically outside of overtime, you're going to get 30 to 32 minutes from him, which is also an issue because there's a lot of guys in his price range that you can count on to play like 34 minutes when the game's close. So you're losing a couple minutes there, but about 1.14 DraftKings points per minute this year for Paul. Um, he's still cheap enough where I think he's he's fine. He's not my favorite option, but um, someone I could see getting to in tournaments. In terms of uh, from a GPP aspect, in terms of the, the Suns here, is there one guy that sticks out to you above all else? Not really. They're just a team where like, it's really hard for me to get to anything beyond Booker, Paul, and Aiton. And even those guys, I don't really love. You know, Paul, we took, we just talked about the minutes aren't quite as high as some other options, and neither is the usage. Booker gets the usage still, but his assist opportunities are down playing with Paul. So you're still going to get some big games from Booker this year just because he's such a good scorer. But he is scoring dependent a lot more so than last year. And at his salary, there's just guys that are, are going to beat him so often that it's tough to get there. And then DeAndre Ayton, you have concerns about both his playing time and his usage this year. His usage rates down three to 4%, but also even in competitive games, you're typically getting 30 to 32 minutes from Aiden. Whereas last year you were getting 34 to 35 and at his salary, those you know few minutes can make a really big difference. So all three of Paul Booker and Aiden are guys where like, if they end up in my tournament lineups, I'm fine with it, but none of them look like players that I expect to be prioritizing. When I look at, at the Pacers side of thing, I think the story of like the last week with the Pacers definitely has been Malcolm Brogdon. You've had to have him in your lineup. Uh, you know, when you look at his last three games, 41 minutes, 46 minutes, 39 minutes, uh, he scored 33, 21, 35 points in those games, and and he's shooting the ball. I mean, you're talking about he's he shot at least 18 times in each of those three games. Yeah, he's playing – phenomenal and he's playing huge minutes too so this is another example you know it's not the it's not the same price as Chris Paul but it's like one player away you know you have to sacrifice one player to get from Paul to Brogdon and you're picking up like six or seven minutes on top of of you know similar per minute production so no problems at all going right back to Malcolm Brogdon here you know yeah the salary is increasing but those minutes are just so big like you said you know you're not talking it, it would be different if Brogdon were playing 34 minutes a night and had just had a few really good games but he's playing minutes like he's on the Knicks. I mean, you're getting 39, 41 minutes in regulation. Like he's just playing almost the entire game. There's more usage to go around without TJ Warren. He's looked really good. So um, yeah, I, I like getting back to Brogdon, even at the elevated salary. Uh, Sabonis obviously is, is a guy that everyone is looking at here when we talk about the Pacers at every game out. Um, I, I guess let's, let's start kind of the FanDuel side of the thing. Is it when, when you look at, you know, ha only having the roster two power forwards, uh, where's kind of Sabonis fit in your equation tonight? I think he looked really good there. Uh, he's only $8,800, which is a really good price point. You know, we talked about the minutes from Malcolm Brogdon, but um, Sabonis has been playing monster minutes all year long as well. You're typically going to get around 37, 38 minutes from him. He's averaged 1.2 FanDuel points per minute this season. Uh, I think Sabonis looks really good on, on DraftKings and FanDuel, but on FanDuel he's actually even a little bit cheaper than DraftKings. Uh, you know, in terms of, you know, Victor Oladipo, I, I kind of put him in, in a little bit of the same category that I put Chris Paul in. Um, I mean, you know, obviously he's still kind of, you know, working his way back here. How immense is he going to get is always an equation. But you know, at his price point, you look over on DK, he's 7,000, Fandle 7,200. 
Yeah, I'm actually really interested in him because we saw the you know, absolutely awful season from him last year coming back from injury, but it seems like he's rebounded. Um, he's playing big minutes. You're, you're typically getting, you know, the last game against Houston, he played 36 minutes. You're typically getting like 34 to 36 minutes. Uh, his salary is still relatively inexpensive. But the big thing for me is that, um, so the usage is at 25.5%. So it's, I think he was about 26% last year. So he hasn't really dropped off in usage, but his true shooting percentage so far this year is about 57%. Last year it was 50.5%. If you look back at, um, previous seasons though typically you know in that like 54 percent range his best season he was at 57 so it's he's shooting better this year than last year I think that there's a pretty good chance that we're at least close to seeing the the old Oladipo he's averaging 1.15 DraftKings points per minute so far this year which is really nice um I, I think that his salary just hasn't really increased as much as guys like Brogdon and Sabonis and and while I think that Sabonis and Brogdon deserve those price increases it kind of leaves Oladipo I think a little bit underpriced of course, this is the NBA Strategy Show. If you do have a question on any of these games, hit them up in our premium Slack account or in the YouTube chat. We will get to you as the show does go on. Do want to let you know about a promo we got going on this weekend that you got to take advantage of, and that is get 21 days of also Plus for only $20. We use the promo code 2021 at checkout that gives you access to all the great premium tools and content we have over at awesome.com you can peek in on those ownership projections so you can know who is getting the most ownership go to awesome.com slash promos to take advantage of that deal also if you want to make a year-long commitment you can get 20 percent off an awesome plus yearly platinum pass with the promo code happy this is the only discount on a yearly pass all year long so you got to take advantage of it now take advantage of it right now go over to awesome.com slash promos you see jordan's got there up on the screen so take advantage of that deal right there at awesome.com we'll move on to uh, the next game and that is miami and washington and uh you know first off i think the thought with with washington is likely no russell westbrook since he played last night yeah, Westbrook not expected to play on back-to-backs this year, so shouldn't be going for Washington. That obviously increases the value of Bradley Beal. Um, I, I was, you know, talking with you and Jordan before the show. It's almost like obviously I like Beal more on slates where Westbrook doesn't play, but I almost prefer the ones where Westbrook does play because Beal's ownership just ends up being so low, and he's been just a monster this year with or without Westbrook. But um, the the big thing with Westbrook out is that the assist numbers should increase for Beal. He's going to get more uh, assist opportunities in addition to his usage remaining incredibly high um, should play big minutes. One thing, just one slight negative that came out of yesterday's game after the game, Scott uh, wizards coach, Scott Brooks was asked about, Bradley Beal having a couple of poor performances in fourth quarters in, in their last two games. And he said that it's on him that he's been playing in too many minutes that he should probably play like three fewer minutes per game. I, we, we've heard Scott Brooks say things like this in the past, mm-hmm. um, normally about John Wall, but also about Beal and then just continue to play them 38 minutes a game. So I'm not putting too much weight into that. I'm not expecting like 33 minutes from Bradley Beal tonight, but um, it is just one kind of interesting note that came out of the press conference last night that, you know, potentially could negatively impact Beal. But in the games where we have no Westbrook, who's going to shoot the ball if Beal's not on the court? Right. Like he, that, that's like, I don't, I don't think that Brooks is likely to just be like, yeah, okay, we're just going to lose another game because I'm only playing Beal 32 minutes. Um, you know, maybe we start to see him uh, lose a couple minutes when Westbrook's back. I doubt that it happens tonight. The bigger issue is just that Miami's a really good defensive team. But again, Washington just plays so fast and Beal is so good that, 
I just think he's pretty obviously underpriced with Westbrook being out. Um, it, it's really hard not to like Beal here. Yeah, the the over under on this one is, is two hundred and thirty, and while Washington is two and seven on the year, they're actually second in points per game at one hundred nineteen point two. So it says, I mean, obviously, you know, when Westbrook has been playing, it, it's a rust ball. We we see what it is, um, but in terms of as you look at the salaries outside of Bradley Beal. Any, you know, obviously you're going to look at who's going to start point guard in, in terms of Westbrook, but that that one's going to be a chalk play. Is there anybody else on the Wizards that sticks out to you? Um, so we've gotten two of the guys I've talked about recently are Davis Bertans and Rui Hachimura. Um, Bertans played 27 minutes last night. He played, I think, 32 or 33 the game before that. You're, you're seeing his minutes tick back up after they slowly brought him into the season. He's still really cheap. He's scoring dependent. Like he's if he's not scoring, you're not going to get a good fantasy night on him, but he is one of the best three point shooters in the league. And you are going to get games where he just gets hot and knocks down six, seven, three pointers and can really exceed that salary. And then Ashimura is someone who his minutes, I think are going to be really volatile. Yesterday we saw 37 um, the game before that he didn't play in the fourth quarter. He's kind of, it's going to depend on how he's playing, but the wizards do like his defensive abilities and they want him, I, I think to be able to defend multiple positions. So he's someone that, you know, does have the ability to play a ton of minutes for a guy that's priced at $4,500. Another guy I always look at when we're talking about the wizards is Thomas Bryant, 6,400 on Fanduel, 6,700 on DK. Yeah. Um, I think he should get more rebounding opportunities without Westbrook. The, issue I, he's just expensive I mean you can get like 31 32 minutes out of him he's around the one the 1.1 fantasy point per minute guy it's just not a great matchup his price tag's still up I think it's going to be easier for me to get to Beal Bertans Rui and then take shots on guys like Ish Smith at 3900 or uh Raul Neto at 4100 than it is to to pay that price for Brian at center uh, looking at the other side of the equation in this one with the Heat, uh, Bama Abayo, uh, eighty five hundred on both platforms. Uh, Jimmy Butler a little more expensive on Fanduel, eighty one hundred, seventy four hundred over on DK. Yeah, great price tag on Jimmy Butler uh, at seventy four hundred. We had seen so his price is down, I think, because. the last game he played was the first game this year where he's top 30 minutes, I believe I'm double checking that now, but um, yeah, that was second game that he's top 30 minutes because we had him get injured in the Christmas day game. And then he came back and the the heat were in back-to-back blowout. So he played 27 and 26 minutes. So it's keeping his salary down, but in competitive games, you're going to get around 33, 34 minutes from Butler. You know, he's close to a 1.2 fantasy point per minute guy since last year. And then now you're playing the fastest team in the NBA who has the second least efficient defense teams just, can go nuts against Washington from a fantasy perspective. So I, I love Butler here. I think he's one of the better plays on the slate. Looks like he's projected for a ton of ownership as well, um, as should be the case. You know, Bam Adebayo in, in a similar mold where he should do really well. This Washington team can't rebound. Um, Bam picks up assists. He scores. He does everything well. His price tag is not as appealing as Butler's, and it should keep his ownership mm-hmm. down. But I think he has a you know 50-plus point ceiling here as well. You know, when, when I think about the Heat, I'm always looking at, you know, when I'm looking at the, you know, quote unquote, you know, the, the, the rest of the guys. I'm looking at Duncan Robinson. I'm looking at Tyra Hero. And of course, there was one point on FanDuel. Tyra Hero was just, just smash him because the salary just, it wasn't fitting of what he could produce. Duncan Robinson, you just know, this is a guy that, you know, if he if he's hitting the threes, he's going to score you big if you can hit him. He's 4,300 over on FanDuel and, and 4,700 on DK. Yeah, kind of similar to the Davis Bertans play where, um, 
he's not going to do much as far as assists. He's going to rebound less than Bertans, but he just has, you know, those games where he goes out there and he can't miss from three. Certainly should get plenty of open looks against Washington. Should also just get more possessions in general because of the pace of the game. So not a priority, but certainly someone you can use to as kind of a last guy in because the upside in this, in this spot's really good. Um, you mentioned Hero. You know, his, his salary's up enough where I'm not really that interested at 6,600 on DraftKings. Um, the one other guy I would point out here, though, is Kelly Olenek, who has started the last two games for Miami. Uh, he, he played a bunch in the first game that he started. He only played about 18, sorry, 21 minutes last game against Boston, but he also dealt with some foul trouble in that game. He lost about five minutes in the first half. He picked up his third foul, subbed out in the third quarter after picking up his fourth foul, and then never came back. I think if he's playing well and not in foul trouble, you still can get like 28 to 30 minutes from Olenek in a really good spot here. Yeah, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, 23 points uh, average on FanDuel and over on DK, he's at 24. Uh, anybody else, you know, in terms of value plays that you haven't mentioned from the Heat that, that people should be looking at? Um, I don't I don't think so. I mean, the, the really cheap guys are like Bradley and Igudala, but neither of them are likely to play enough minutes to justify the fact that they produce like half a fantasy point per minute. <laughs> uh, we'll move on next. We have got uh, Cleveland at Milwaukee. Uh, looking at the odds on this one, Milwaukee, uh, the over-under on this one is 223 points. Uh, the point spread is minus 12 here. Uh, I, I guess the first off is, are, are you concerned about potential blowout here? Yeah, I mean, for sure. The The thing is, though, and it comes up basically every time that Milwaukee plays, you have to, the, the most important thing in DFS that you have to keep in mind is the pricing. And if the, if the Bucks weren't, consistently involved in blowouts Giannis would be like twelve thousand dollars every slate Chris Middleton would be like eighty five hundred uh you know Drew's price would be higher as well so these guys are priced kind of for their average production which includes the fact that they very often don't play um as many minutes as they would in competitive games so the blowout's definitely a risk but also the offense is so concentrated to Giannis Middleton and, and Holiday that if Milwaukee does score enough points in a short period of time to, to really make this game one that's over after three quarters you're probably just getting really efficient production from at least one of those three so the blowout is a risk and if I were playing a lineup where you know I had like two of Giannis and Middleton or Middleton and Drew or something I'd probably or definitely be running it back with someone from Cleveland trying to get all four quarters there but just as far as one-offs go like this is a team with a 118 implied total there's probably going to be one of these guys that has a really big game uh, you know, Andre Drummond is a guy that, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of price uh, decrease. Prices come back up. He's 9,200 on FanDuel. My only concern with him is getting in foul trouble. Yeah, the foul trouble is a problem, and JaVale McGee is also a little bit of a problem. We've seen this year where there's some games where McGee just plays well and Drummond loses minutes because of that. But we did get 37 minutes from Drummond last game, which is really good to see. That's a couple games in a row where McGee has gone back to taking more of like a Back, a, a true backup role. Um, this, I'm not sure if Popcorn Machine is wrong or if they played alongside each other last game. That would be pretty crazy. Um, Popcorn Machine says 37 minutes for Drummond, 17 for McGee. Uh, at first glance, it looks like they didn't make any mistakes. So maybe maybe that happened. Um, but either way, if you can get you know, 33, 34 minutes from Drummond at his current price point, I think that's, that's good. Um, he's had plenty of success in the past against Brooke Lopez for whatever that's worth. Lopez actually has had a lot of success from a DFS standpoint against Drummond too. So um could be a matchup where both centers do well. And Cleveland's a team that's just been rattled with injuries. You just, you go up and down, you know, of the guys who are out, you know, currently, uh, you know, Colin Sexton's been, been dealing with the injury uh, this week as well. I mean, outside of Drummond, 
Larry Nance. You know, we'll see what was Sexton. You mentioned about JaVel McGee. Like, you know, I, I know the other day Austin was coming up in, in some crunches for me, but he's just a guy that, I don't know, I just I don't like rostering. <laughs> yeah, so we have Sexton questionable today. Um, if he's out, and, and so I just double-checked a different – uh, site and it looks like McGee did actually play alongside Drummond when they were shorthanded against Memphis. It makes sense, I guess, when you have that Valanchunas, Brandon Clark lineup, you can do that. Um, I wouldn't expect that much tonight against Milwaukee, but um, anyway, like Chetty, if Sexton is out, should play huge minutes again. He played 38 minutes last game, should take on more ball handling responsibility as well. Um, he's decently priced like I don't think that he he's 6200 on DraftKings I don't think he blows that out of the water that often but I do think that it's still a decent price tag when you consider the minutes and the extra assist opportunities he should get if if Colin Sexton sits if this does end up becoming a blowout and you know Giannis Middleton Holiday don't get the minutes that you would like them to get who who are we who are we going to on that on that Bucks roster I think Portis would be the first place to look because, and the reason I like him is if this game's competitive, he can still have a good game. Um, we've seen him play a little bit alongside Brooke Lopez recently, but you know, also there's times where he just takes minutes away from Lopez. Uh, you know, normally like in a competitive game, you'll probably get 20 to 22 minutes from Portis, but there's at least the potential that he plays 24 or 25. If the game blows out, you could get a little bit extra run for Portis um, with that second unit. So, and, and he's a really productive per minute player. So, um, you know, you can look there, you could look to Bryn Forbes or DJ Augustine, both at min- at close to minimum salary, um, especially if, you know, cheap value doesn't open up somewhere else on the slate in terms on, on the cash side what's, what's your thoughts about Giannis and cash tonight as opposed to GPP um haven't I mean I haven't built a lineup yet so hard to say but if I, if I get to him I'm obviously not going to be upset with it we do have uh Luca on the slate going up against Orlando he's his price has come up where he's actually a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars more than Giannis which makes me think that maybe I get to uh, I'm more likely to get to Giannis now that he's less expensive than Luca. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that one. I, I, I foresee myself getting more Luka than, than I get to Giannis. Of course, I mentioned about the line on this one, minus 12 for the Bucks. So there is a little uh, blowout potential there. But, of course, if you want to check out the odds, you got to go over to awesomeo.com, odd shopper, as don't make a bet without shopping. The odds first. Sign up today for free to track your bets for sleep alerts when a line does move so you know exactly where the best place to place a line there you see jordan's got the line up there you can check out all the sports out there whether you look at the nba or maybe today's nfl so head over to awesomeo.com right there top of the screen you'll see odd shopper to sign up today and, and figure out where you do want to place your bet next up we got the spurs and the t wolves uh in this one uh, what's what's your general thought kind of what you're seeing in terms of the salaries and in, in these two teams so a lot of stuff up in the air here Carl Anthony Towns questionable for this game if he comes back it basically makes everybody on Minnesota overpriced um, possibly with the exception of Towns but who knows how many minutes he plays but you, you've had Russell you've had Russell's salary come up Malik Beasley's salary has come up a little bit um, those guys would lose usage if Towns is back you know Beasley's still cheap enough where just based on minutes played he could get there but it, it would make the team in general pretty unappealing if Towns is out though then you still have plenty of upside for Russell for Beasley um, you know so much usage goes to them uh, Russell about 28% usage rate when Towns is out and it is a pretty good matchup against San Antonio so uh, a lot depends on the Carl Anthony Towns news in terms of on, on the other side with the Spurs uh, DeRozan 8300 on FanDuel 7800 on DK 
Yeah, his salary is up a little bit from when Aldridge was out, but it's still not like too expensive because he's better when Aldridge doesn't play, but it's not like he's bad when Aldridge does. He goes from about a 1.2 to a 1.13 fantasy point per minute player in games that he plays with Aldridge. So you, you take that and then you take the matchup against Minnesota, which is obviously a good one. Um, you can expect typically, you know, 34, 35 minutes from DeRozan in competitive games. So I, I still think that he's a little bit underpriced on DraftKings. Um, in particular at 7,800, I like getting to him. I like getting to all three of the main guys. You know, you have him, you have DeJounte Murray who can play more minutes with um, Derek White sideline. We got 36 minutes a couple games ago, 32 from him last game against the Lakers. Typically, I think you'll see him in that 32 minute range, but there's the upside for more. But, you know, another guy that produces at a high fantasy rate and is, is a mid-range play. Aldridge's game against the Lakers stands out because he played 30, sorry, 30, 31 minutes. Um, we had seen him prior to his injury often playing like 27, 28 minutes. We hadn't really seen his minutes uh, ramp up, but getting 31 between 31 and 32 minutes from him makes a $6,300 salary against a weak Minnesota front court uh, look like a pretty good price tag. Yeah. One of the questions we had uh, in the chat was basically about if, if cat doesn't play, is it essentially smashed LaMarcus Aldridge? Uh, even if Cat plays, I think he can. I, I don't think Cat has a huge difference on Aldridge. Like, I think Aldridge should have success in that spot regardless. Yeah, I mean, I think the question for me with Cat is just, if he does play, it, 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 you know, how many minutes are they going to put him? Is there going to be a minutes restriction? Right. Um, that's, like, my assumption is that he won't come out and play, like, 38 minutes right out of the gate. Like, he probably will be, you know, two yeah. weeks from now. Um maybe gets like 30, but again, that's just completely guessing, but like with or without him, I think Aldridge is in a good spot. In terms of uh, value plays in this one, I mean, of course, you know, ever since Cat's been out, everyone's been going to Nas Reed, uh, you know, a couple other ones. I I keep peeking at Anthony Edwards, keep waiting for kind of when's the the huge breakout game going to come from him. But uh, as as you look at value plays, what, uh, what intrigues you? I keep looking at Edwards too, because I just don't understand what Minnesota is doing with him. Like you have a team that's not competitive and instead you're just running all these completely mediocre guys out there instead of like developing your, your first overall pick. So logically it seems like he should start getting more minutes. He played 31 minutes against Portland, but that was um, a lot of blowout Ron. He played the entire fourth quarter alongside guys like Jaden McDaniels and Jared Vanderbilt. Like that it, it wasn't a game where uh minutes, you know, he didn't get minutes, he was going to probably play about his normal 25, 26 minutes had that game not blown out. Um, and he went nuts in, in the fourth quarter in garbage time. So it's a price tag where like, you're going to, it won't be surprising if you see a game, you know, relatively soon where Edwards just has a monster game because Minnesota wakes up and, and plays in more minutes, but the way they're using him right now, is just really hard to justify that salary when there's a lot of guys that you can feel better about at, at that price point. Um, and, you know, if, if Towns is back, then it makes the minutes for Hernan Gomez a little bit riskier. It takes appeal away from, you know, Nas, whatever appeal uh, Nas, Nas Reed had left, it, it takes away basically. I felt like that appeal has already been gone. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> once Jerry Vanderbilt started playing center and made this a three-man rotation, the appeal pretty much disappeared anyway. Yeah, that, that disappeared there, of course. Uh, be sure to smash that like button right here on YouTube. Uh, we got uh, almost 500 people in here watching us here on, on a Saturday morning live. Be sure to smash that like button. Let's get those likes over 150 here. In the next couple of minutes, of course, uh, be sure to uh, keep it locked here at awesomeo.com all day long. We're going to get you ready for today's NFL action. We got the NFL deeper dive coming up 
right after us to get you ready for a trio of NFL playoff action today. As uh, I, I saw, I, for all the Bills fans, they had to go get COVID tested. My question is, are they letting are they letting them tailgate? Because if, if they're tailgate, I'm, I'm going I'm going hopping on that Instagram hashtag Bills Mafia to see what they're doing over there. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they are somewhere. I don't know how public it'll be. I saw uh, I saw my Facebook timeline. It was a sponsor post. It was like it was like smash the tables or bring the tables with the Bills logo on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always said, man, just if you live in Buffalo, just open up a folding table shop. They're just you're you're only open during football season. <laughs> There's actually, there's a Bills bar like right outside my apartment, but I haven't actually, I go to that bar a lot, but I haven't been there during a Bills game. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine what, what it's going to be like in Buffalo for that one, but we got you covered all day long. We'll move on, on over to the magic and the Mavericks. Uh, the magic just got run out of the building last night by the Rockets losing by 30. And uh, of course, uh, Dallas, we know what they're all about. Uh, obviously, we, we, you know, on the Magic side of the equation, and, and me and you have talked about this in the past, I mean, obviously you're confident what Vooch is going to do. You pretty much have a good idea of what Vooch is going to bring to you day in and day out, 8,800 on both slates. But with the Magic, obviously the the, the injury situation that has, has plagued this team you know, from the start of the year to now, you know, losing Markel Fultz the other day, to me with the Magic, it's always about what supporting cast are you looking at? You know, T. Ross has a chance to go off, but he's a guy that, you know, he, as, as, I, can, as I can see Jordan in the background just shaking his head about T. Ross, <laughs> he's one of those guys that, look, if he, if he catches fire, yeah, he can get you 30, you know, you know points, but there's times it just, it's just a team, it's tough to trust a supporting cast. Yeah, especially if if they're injured. I mean, we, we don't have an injury report for them yet since they played yesterday. But we know Aaron Gordon sat yesterday. We know Evan Fournier missed another game yesterday. If you and we know Markel Fultz is out for the year. If you're coming into this game and the only like actual starter you have is Vooch, there's only so much he can do to you know keep this game competitive. Like the, the, they're down so many guys right now, and they're not that good in the first place. Like they're they're you know good enough team but they're they're not great they can't afford to be missing all of Fultz, Fournier, Isaac and Gordon so um you know that that's the big thing is you'll get value like we did last night um prices have come up a little bit on on some of those guys but they're they're value plays that are just not very good like not, not to say they're bad DFS plays they're just not good producers like Alex asked me on the show yesterday if I trusted I think it was Gary Clark and I was like no I don't trust him at all because he can play 30 minutes and <laughs> score eight points but um the, you know they're they're gonna be decent <clears throat> decent point per dollar options if everyone else is out um but you know you're, you're gonna need to wait for Aaron Gordon news Evan Fortin, Evan Fournier news um Gordon has one of the highest usage rates on the team this year so if, if he's out, that opens up a lot. Fournier is a capable ball handler who is around the 20 to 21% usage guy. Uh, don't know how many minutes he would play if he comes back, but if you can get around 30 minutes from him, that would probably make a, a pretty big deal for Orlando and make them a lot more competitive as well. You know, last night, everyone was on Cole Anthony with him being in the starting lineup. Uh, you know, he's 4,800 on FanDuel, 5,500 5, on DraftKings. I mean, he's right now, he's at the same price as Evan Fournier. And if Evan Fournier plays, as much as, you know, he's just one of these guys, that, you know, boom bust. That's what he is. 
Yeah, and the the price on Anthony, especially on DraftKings at fifty five hundred, is tough um, because for one, and it's something Alex and I talked about yesterday. Like Anthony, Anthony has the potential to score, and we've seen him do it off the bench. But it's different when you're playing with Vooch, and, and Vooch is dominating touches, especially because Vooch can pick up assists as well. Um, but we also got the report from Steve Clifford uh, not too long before lock yesterday that. Uh, Cole Anthony wasn't going to be able to play as many minutes as Markel Fultz that in the game he played 32 minutes he was uh, hurting really badly after the game and then we saw him play 28 minutes last night so I think the expectation for Anthony should be more in that 28 minute range than low to mid 30s and that's a really big deal when you consider that the salary has already been priced up like if you assume this is going to be a 0.9 to one fantasy point per minute guy there's a really big difference at his salary between him getting 28 points on average and him getting like 33 points on average. Now, when you, you look at the Mavericks, another team that, you know, as I was putting together my CSV and, you know, with all the guys who are already listed as out, like, to me, this is a Lucas smash spot on, on both slates. Yeah, I mean, everything pretty much is anyway. But, uh, yeah, like, there's no reason not to like Luca here. And, you know, I, I mentioned his salary being higher than Giannis earlier. I didn't, I, I didn't mean that to imply that he's overpriced because – it's a situation where his salary has come up from being drastically underpriced. So he's just like closer to accurate now, but um, there was no real reason to be concerned with Luca earlier in the year when he was struggling to shoot. He's just not a great shooter. You're going to get some, some poor shooting streaks, but he is a great scorer. He's great. He's a good rebounder. He's great at, uh, you know, getting assists. So everything still looks really good for Luca. The minutes are there, which, which is great. Uh, No concerns there. And, and, you know, should be able to have a monster game against uh, Orlando. Yeah, I mean, you just look at the Dallas Mavericks injury report. Trey Burke, he is probable tonight. Uh, Jalen Brunson is out uh, due to uh, health and safety protocols. Finney Smith, same situation. Josh Richardson also is ruled out here today. So, I mean, the question of the Mavericks is, outside of Luka, where are you going? (laughs) 3K Trey Burke is absolutely insane. Um, Yeah, so no Jalen Brunson, no Dorian Finney-Smith, and no Josh Richardson. That leaves... Luca, Burke, basically as your your two point guards. Um, like James Johnson can handle the ball a bit. I think James Johnson's also a really good value at thirty two hundred. Uh, Burke's a great value at three k. Um, Hardaway probably plays like as many minutes as he can handle. He's you know he he's fifty nine hundred, so not the same value, but uh, you know th- there is potential there. And then in the front court too, though you have value with Willie Cauley Stein. Um, still only four k mm-hmm. on DraftKings. Granted, it costs you a center spot, so the opportunity cost is high. But he started two games in a row. He played about twenty six minutes um, in, in the first start, and then last game he played twenty two in regulation, but he dealt with some foul trouble. Um, I think that you're getting, you know, 24 to 26 minutes from him, assuming, you know, he's not in foul trouble. He's always been a a pretty good fantasy producer around one to 1.05 DraftKings points per minute. So I think he's a good value. I think Burke and Johnson are the the best values. I mean, is Dallas the value uh, team of the night outside of Luka? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you have these injuries and the the really nice thing, like you can compare them to last night's Orlando and how poorly that went. But the nice thing is that like Trey Burke is actually a decent per minute producer when he's on the floor. Mm -hmm. James Johnson's a decent per minute producer when he's on the floor. These guys are different than James Ennis and Gary Clark. Like they do more than just run up and down the floor and stand in the corner. Yeah, I mean, you know, just looking at at, our early ownership projections, I got to imagine by the time we get to six o'clock Trey Burke is going to be one of the most popular plays of the night yeah there's there's just no reason for him not to be um you know he's on average with Dallas been about a three quarters of a fantasy point per minute guy which isn't great but he's going to handle the ball a lot he's going to get up more shots uh the minutes basically have to be there with these guys out so I I really I mean 
obviously I haven't made my lineups yet, but I'd be shocked if I'm not close to hundred percent on Trey Burke. And really the same goes for James Johnson, because we've seen, this is a guy that we saw run point with Miami. This isn't like a random, you know, power forward that's just stepping in and, and you're hoping he gets a bunch of rebounds. Um, there's going to be ball handling opportunities whenever Luca's not on the floor and Johnson just can contribute. He contributes assists. He can score a little bit. He can rebound. Um, you know, the, the, Minutes combined with the potential production from Johnson and Burke just make them clear top values, in my opinion. And it has to be a legit concern if this game is a blowout. At what point could Luca exit the game? Yeah, and you would expect that, you know, Burke and, and Johnson are a little bit safer in that regard because they're not going to be concerned about, you know, potentially running them into the ground. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about about Giannis, you know, the potential of a blowout there. You got the potential be here, but I mean, I'm just like, I'm like looking at my sheet here just with the salaries and you just, you look at all the top Maverick players who, who are just not in the lineup and you bring up a great point about Hardaway, just how many minutes could he play and, and could he be the guy that, you know, tomorrow morning, you know, when we go to the Cruncher re- Rewind, we see that Hardaway was one of the best plays of the night. Yeah, and I do want to retract my Giannis over Luca in cash statement. I totally forgot that Dallas was missing half their team. Um, give, give me Luca for the two hundred dollars price difference. <laughs> of course, uh, the final game of the night is going to be Portland and Sacramento. Portland, when it comes to the line, they're a six point favorite. Of course, you can go over to Odd Shopper at, over there at awesomeo.com to check out the odds for this one. Uh, I was watching uh, that uh, Kings game last night, uh, but what's your, your overall thoughts on this one? So there's one thing in this, you know, it's not the most important thing, but I'll lead with it so I don't forget. Um, Sacramento gave up, you know, 144 points to Toronto last night. We got a quote from, so Sean Cunningham, who's a reporter for the, uh, covers the Kings, uh, his the quote from Luke Walton is, we're not going to be able to just outscore people. Uh, he said, talking about the the troubles defensively, and he mentioned that he may be going to Hassan Whiteside to attempt to correct some of those problems. So when I saw that, the first thing I did was look to see if what when the next time was that Sacramento was playing a big front court where Whiteside could you know, realistically play. And now we're getting Yusuf Nurkic and Ennis Cantor playing 48 minutes at center for Portland. So, um, I, you know, 3,200 on DraftKings. Whiteside's been in and out of the rotation this year. He's, when he's played, you know, you're typically getting like, 12 14 minutes from him i'm not saying i think Whiteside like starts this game and plays 30 minutes or something like that but i do think there's a pretty good chance that you're getting like mid-teens and minutes off the bench for Whiteside, probably at like zero ownership because he hasn't played in a couple of days it's the kind of spot where in large field tournaments um it, it can win you a tournament having you know a minimum salary guy that averages production at the rate that Whiteside does um you know obviously there's a risk that he just doesn't play again but the matchup suits him where you're going up against two bigs Walton's talking about playing him because their defense has been awful. Um, I, I think it's a spot where I'm going to gamble some in, in large field tournaments with a white side. Um, outside of that, guys that, you know, actually we know are going to play tonight. You have um, De'Aaron Fox played last night, was on a minutes limit, uh, ended up playing 25 minutes. So, I mean, really part of that was blowout, but still uh, probably only lost, you know, four or five minutes there. So it's tough to trust Fox at his price tag. Like you're probably only getting around 30 minutes from him. Uh, Barnes, Holmes, Bagley, like these guys all have some upside. Barnes plays the most minutes out of the group, but their salaries have just all come up to where I don't really see much that I'm interested in from Sacramento as a priority. Um, You can go to any of those guys in in tournaments, but um, priority wise, it's just really tough to get to, to anything from the Kings. And uh, by the way, to mention the price point on Whiteside, thirty two hundred on DraftKings, and over on FanDuel, he is four thousand. Yeah, don't don't, don't play him on FanDuel. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the opportunity cost is just too high. Like you're the, the reason that it's okay on DraftKings is you can use him in that utility spot and still roster like a center, you know, an actual center mm-hmm. that's going to do well. Um, but on FanDuel, like you're, you're potentially giving up so many points at, at the position at, for a guy that, you know, very may, may not play. And if he does play, he might play like 10 minutes. Of course, got a couple uh, minutes here left in the show. Of course, if you ever do miss our shows, all the shows are part of the Osmo Podcast Network. Just go over to Osmo.com. You see right there at the top of the screen, the Podcast Network. Check out uh, all the shows are on their individual feeds for the sports, but also if you just want all of the shows on one feed, there is a Osmo show there. So be sure to uh, check that over there at the Osmo Podcast Network. Be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform, and you can win a free week of Osmo Plus as we're giving out a free Osmo Plus pass every week to the person who submits our favorite review. Good luck in terms of that one. Um, in, in terms of, you mentioned about the the center position with the Trailblazers. How are you kind of going into this with, with Nurkic and, and Cantor in terms of minutes? It's been really tough this year because Nurkic is pretty clearly losing minutes to, to Cantor. Um, and, and it's not unusual. Like you see that in a lot of situations when a, a player has a competent backup, like just look to Denver last year where Jokic was playing 32 minutes a game because he had Mason Plumlee, but in games Plumlee didn't play. He's able to play, you know, 36, 37 minutes. It's kind of been the same thing where Nurkic is typically playing 26, 27 minutes in competitive games. And then Cantor is getting the rest. Last game was a blowout against um, Minnesota. So you only got, 23 minutes from Nurkic, you got uh, 14 from Cantor. But I think assuming a competitive game, you'll probably get 26, 27 minutes from Nurkic. He's cheap enough that he does have a pretty nice ceiling there just based on what we know he's capable of doing. He hasn't been that productive this year. He did actually admit that he's got some family situation going on back in Bosnia that is affecting him and, and has been affecting his play. That's not something that you can really project for, but, you know, at least we do kind of have maybe a reason for why he's he's not been that good this year from a fantasy standpoint. Um, but, you know, with his price point being where it is, I think that there still has to be interest there just because we we know what this guy can do on a permanent basis when he's playing well. Of course, when you look at some of the, the quote-unquote value plays out, out of the Trailblazers, the guy everyone we look to pretty much in every slate, they're playing Derek Jones Jr., 4K on DraftKings. It, yeah, I, I don't think I'll need to get there much on this slate because you have the the Dallas value that I think is pretty good. You potentially have Orlando value. Um, the thing with Jones, I mean, he's just like a 0. 0.6 to 0. 0.7 fantasy point per minute guy. He's getting 30 plus minutes in most games where he's not in foul trouble, though, which does give him some value. It makes him project as like a five, around a 5x type play, which that will get into some lineups, especially if he's low owned. It's just that, you know, you have to run pretty good to actually get a game from Derek Jones that you're happy with. Yeah, um, you know, McCollum and that price point, is the price point getting a little too high for you? It, it's too high for me in cash games, but I still don't mind it in tournaments. And the big reason why is that Terry Stotts is staggering his minutes with Lillard. And this is something that has always made both Lillard and McCollum more valuable, but especially McCollum. But Stotts at times in the past has been hesitant to do it because I don't remember his reasoning. It didn't make any sense, but um, he's doing it this year. And that makes it so that you're getting, you know, if you assume Lillard's playing 36, 37 minutes, that's giving you 11 or 12 minutes for for McCollum where he's out there uh, with the second unit with the ball in his hands, picking up more assists, getting more shots up. It makes it so that the the usage for him is a lot higher than it would be if he's just playing all of his minutes alongside Dame. So I don't think that he keeps producing at the same rate that he has been. He's shooting better than his career averages. Dame is shooting below his career averages so far. I think that you see Lillard 
eventually be the the higher per minute guy, which hasn't been the case this year, surprisingly. But um, McCollum, I think, does still have tournament upside, even at his salary, given the fact that he's playing like 30% of his minutes without Lillard on the floor. What's your take on Lillard in this spot tonight? I think he's underpriced. I mean, he's someone I'll be interested to see how the ownership looks like between him and Beal, because obviously I really like Beal, but there's a $200 price difference between them. Uh, if they're going to be, you know, similarly owned, then I, I would lean towards Beal. But if you're going to, by lock, if you're going to get, you know, three times the ownership going to Beal, there's no reason Lillard can't outscore him in this matchup. The Kings have been awful defensively. Um, it, you know, it, it's a good matchup for, for Lillard. Like I said, he's been shooting a little bit below his career um, averages. So his per minute production should go up as well. He plays big minutes. You know, I, I really like Lillard here. It's just, you know, a matter of uh, being able to get him in lineups and also still wanting to get the Beal, wanting to get the Luca, wanting to get the Giannis, wanting to get to these expensive guys. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, Sacramento, um, you, you mentioned about Fox. Is there anybody else? And, and you mentioned about Whiteside, the value on, on DraftKings in terms of GPP. Was there anybody else? Uh, not really. I mean, like Bagley, Bagley can do well, but he's probably not going to play more than 30 minutes. I mean, he played the best game he's played in a really long time the other day and still didn't close the game against Chicago. Um, that, that makes me really hesitant to think that he has the ability to play more than 30 minutes right now. Not, not physically, just, you know, in Luke Walton's mind, um, Holmes, you know, at six K has some potential value. Typically you're going to get like 30 to 32 minutes from him. Um, but it's just there. I think they're all correctly priced basically. Uh, news got over in our, our Slack account uh, sharing a tweet uh, what uh, Saunders said about Cat. He says, we'll go through shoot around and see how he feels, engage off how he feels, and what the medical people say. Cool. I don't know if that, that doesn't sound too promising to me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a uh, he's going to play. <laughs> when, when the coach says, we'll see what the medical people say, like yeah. I usually take that as a sign of uh, that's probably less than 50% chance he's playing. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, it's the 8 o'clock game, so hopefully we'll get that news before the 7 o'clock game's lock. Yeah, I, I, I just like, just, you know, being around, you know, sports broadcasts for a long time, like, you know, usually that that statement to me says he's he's likely not. Playing. Yeah, th- there wasn't a whole lot of, like, we're, we're hopeful in that statement. It was... <laughs> no, no, there wasn't. There wasn't any at all. Um, you know, so, uh, but yeah, yeah. Well, well, but that's the thing. You got to you gotta pay attention to those late swaps and potentially get someone in there, of course. Uh, be sure to take advantage of the promo we got going on over awesome.com. You see it right there on the screen. Coming up next, is NFL Deeper Dive. They'll get you ready for today's trio of NFL action. And that'll be Lawfully Alex and Ben getting you ready for today's game. Keep it locked here to awesomeboat.com all day long. And that is going to do it for today's edition of the NBA Strategy Show. <laughs> <laughs> 